Abundance is simply the universe's response to consistent thoughts and feelings of abundance. It doesn't necessarily have to do with money. It doesn't necessarily have to do with bling bling. It doesn't have to do with driving Lambos around. It really is just this feeling that you surround yourself with. I'm Heath Armstrong. This is Never Stop Peaking. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. If you behave, you'll get a nickel you can spend on stuff. And in time, you'll get a dime if you impress your boss. So you can buy some more stuff just to numb your thoughts. You've been a space-driven higgity hunk of me since birth. Flying through the universe on a rock called Earth. Composed of stardust with an emotional gut. Why you letting conformity slam you up the butt? You're not one fucks, two fucks, red fucks, blue fucks. You can play duck hunt and wait around for luck. Or you can rent a big truck and drive your vision. Build a palace to the moon your schmuck friends piss their pants Get up and dance, rocket ship that booty Take a chance for your freedom, miggity milk that booby Cause when the fear attacks, it tries to crack what you're thinking Fuck no, you'll never stop peeking What is, what is up? Hope you had a wild, wacky weekend. Today is Maniac Monday, uh, Monday fun day. The best day to kickstart that creative maniac sexy mind that you are storing inside of that noggin, connected to that gut, connected to that soul, that spirit shine. Um, I'm, I'm holding this, this frame in my hand. It's a little like two by three inch frame and it has a fortune in it. And I just now saw it while I started hitting record. And this is a, a good reminder of abundance because I pulled this out of a fortune cookie when I was working in the concrete construction industry, working inside factories, um, you know, drinking a liter of alcohol every day and numbing my reality. And I, I got this fortune because I had this like, you know, a lot of the reason why I was doing that was because I wanted to be able to explore the world and I wanted to be able to create and work for myself and not have a boss. And it felt like I was dying because I couldn't do that. I didn't know how to get there, but I had started interviewing people and asking them how, and that was a, a huge catalyst and an anchor for me to, to roll in the right direction. But I pulled this fortune out and it was, you will be traveling and coming into a fortune. And my girlfriend at the time framed this for me and it's been with me ever since. And I look at it all the time and it's just this constant affirming reminder that what you focus on does come true. And I do travel all the time and I do come into fortunes and everyday reality with what I surround myself with as a feeling of abundance. Um, so this, this is going to be a little bit about abundance and I, I don't know. I just saw that and I, I wanted to share it. So hold on to the small things cause they will drive you long-term. Um, okay, this this is a this will be a little giggle giggle Monday. Do you remember playing show and tell in school as a little munchkin? You know, third grade, second grade. I don't remember. I, I think it was around third grade. I know we did it for multiple years when I was in elementary school, and it was a game where everyone brings something that they love to class, kind of secretively. And then you reveal it and you share it sort of as a surprise to the rest of the class when it's your turn. And then everyone else kind of responds and you, you tell about it. And then, then, you know, you talk about it or whatever. Well, 
when I was in third grade, I stuffed my legendary weenie dog, Dexter, into my backpack. And I took him to school for show and tell. <laughs> and my parents had no idea. Um, this dog was the best. He lived until I was 17. <laughs> and he, you know, they got him when I was born. And so I had this like really tight bond with Dexter. He was, he was an OG. He was the dude. Uh, he was a wired haired wiener dog. And he just, I mean, everything about him was just epic. But so all the kids in my class, they shared their surprises, you know, like some of them brought like M&M jars or whatever, uh, their parents undies, maybe I'm not sure, but then it was my turn and (laughs) I busted Dexter out of the backpack (laughs) and as soon as he got out, you know, of course, like the reaction when I pulled this dog out is like, oh, as soon as he gets out, he takes a massive shotgun dump all over the floor because he was probably incredibly anxious, obviously, and freaking out, but he takes a shotgun dump all over the floor and then this one girl sees and smells the poop or whatever and she starts vomiting just like profusely puking all over the place and then another boy in the class saw her puke and he started puking and it created this just chain reaction of chaos and mania my teacher was screaming i remember that she it's like that vision of her holding her hands up by her head screaming and she had one of those 80s perms so it was just like oh and you know, I, I still remember the the smell, the the panic, the confusion, and the excitement, the the sheer excitement in that chaos. Um, I remembered this happening as I like went through life. I had this memory of this happening, and I started like as I got older towards college, like questioning if I had just made that up or if it actually happened, because I was still pretty young, you know, third grade, but I was pretty sure it had happened. And then I was in college and I had a, an assignment to like interview my parents on weird things I did as, as a child. And I went and asked my mom and she was like, yeah, this time you took your dog and like you stuffed him in your backpack and took him to show and tell. And he pooped everywhere. And your dad was so pissed because you had to go pick him up and like you had to clean the poop up. And the teacher was, and I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is real. <laughs> like, this actually happened. Um, so very cool. And it was, it was exciting. And so what this got me thinking about was that which you show and tell to the world, it creates your reality. And I learned in that moment that like by showing chaos and bringing excitement and surprise to life for other people, it can create more chaos and excitement in my life. Everything that we do affects our environment in both good and bad ways, creating the reality that we basically live within. So I love the excitement in watching that mayhem unfold when the Dex monster decided he was going to start launching his brownie missiles all over the classroom. But I sure didn't really love it so much once my parents found out. You know, I don't remember the punishment that much, but I know my booty was toast. It was toast. My classmates had show and tell PTSD for probably the rest of their days. And they definitely refused to play with me because who knows what I was going to do. It could have been chaotic. Who knows? It was the law of surprise. So what are you showing and telling to the world? You know, the energy that you pour into the world, it fills your own cup. Also, the energy that you pour into the world, it fills your own cup too. 
the thoughts, the ideas, and the actions that you show and tell, they are actively shaping your environment and your surroundings and your reality in real time. So what are you showing and telling to the world? If you're listening to this, go to heatharmstrong.com, click the articles tab, or just go to heatharmstrong.com forward slash weenie dash dog dash surprise. There's an awesome doodle that my friend Ted did uh, of this show and show and tell scene, and it's included in this post. And of course, then you can take the post and share it with others if you want the uh, sort of the written version of this. I've been writing out a monthly, or I'm sorry, a weekly sort of newsletter blast called The Heathen, and this is part of it. But so the idea of all of this goes back to the very beginning of the opening of this episode around abundance. What happens when you do good to feel good? When you're showing up and telling in a great way for you, for your environment, for the people around you. Because when you spread positive vibes, you grow positive vines that create a web of abundance that really just like wraps you up. It loves you. It tickles you. It, it touches your private little potty pots. It makes you feel good. Doing good within the world is what will make you feel good. You know, it's back to that idea that we do not find happiness, we create it. And one of the best ways to create happiness is doing good within the world. When you, when you feel good, because you're doing good, you are accomplishing the feeling of abundance. And it has nothing to do with hustling. It has nothing to do with getting lucky. It has nothing to do with valuing hard work over playing and being so fucking hard on yourself, which I have a tendency to do sometimes over going out and just flowing and playing and relaxing every once in a while. Abundance is simply the universe's response to consistent thoughts and feelings of abundance. Are you looking around you? Are you seeing all of the support that you do have in family and friends and materials and whatever you're surrounding yourself with? The idea is for it to be stuff that is in alignment with the higher version of yourself that you're working towards and not to be stuff that is draining your life force energy and keeping you from becoming the highest version of yourself. So abundance is simply the universe's response to consistent thoughts and feelings of abundance. If you get really good at the gratitude in the moment for what you have and you release and surrender to all these ideas that you need so much more to be happy, that's when happiness plants the seed. That's when it starts to grow. So a a creative maniac quote for you for this episode and a little bit of an idea, the quote comes from Neem Karoli Baba or Maharaji. And I've been reading this book called Miracle of Love. It's compiled by Ramdas, but it's full of stories about Neem Karoli Baba. The quote is, I want nothing. The purpose of my being is to serve others. And so through these stories and this quote and lots of stuff in this book, I've learned that being of service, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to labor and submit your energy to others or buy fancy gifts and give them away or drain yourself in the process of trying to please everyone else. That is not doing good to feel good. That is sacrificing yourself for others in a very destructive way. 
You only have a certain amount of energy. You want to feed your life force energy and not give it all out to everybody else. So being of service, it's not about the gift giving necessarily. It's not about the labor and and the sacrificing yourself to others. Being of service is simply helping others remember to laugh, helping others remember to love, to dance, to play, and to feel good, helping others remember their magic. And in this type of service, in this type of doing of the good, you'll remember your own magic. You'll remember to laugh. You'll remember to love. You'll remember to dance. You'll play more. You'll feel good. And we all forget. So don't act like you have it all figured out because I sure as hell fucking don't know. The key is in stop trying to figure it out. We all forget. We all need reminders. So today... I urge you to jot a little note down wherever you are or do this right now. Just reach out and remind someone that you fancy to play. Remind someone that you love to dance. Remind someone that you love to laugh. Make them laugh. Make them feel good. Lead by example and show the way. And I will catch you on the playground every single time, baby. Um... If you are listening to this in real time, today's Monday, January 24th, 2022, the year of the twos, uh, we have an event. So I do some stuff with my sister called Relief Outings. And, well, hold on a second. My outro song keeps kicking on too early. Um, Yeah, I collaborate with my sister and her husband on these outdoor adventure trips to generate quote unquote, relief for the mind, the body, and the spirit. Uh, on February 25th through the 27th, we're hosting a mountain cabin weekend at the Cumberland Mountain State Park. And we're also going over to the Fall Creek Falls State Park area to do some hiking around these waterfalls. Winter hiking is epic if you don't ever do it. Uh, we've rented three cabins. We only have a few spots left. Lodging and meals are included. Uh, the prices are very low. So, If you go to the show notes below, you can see the link. If you want to come hang with us, come play in nature for a little bit. Uh, If you're in the Tennessee area, the Georgia area, you know, the surrounding states or anywhere else, really, I mean, it'll be an awesome weekend. So hit me up if you have questions about that. Heath at fistpumps.com. You can go to my website as well, heatharmstrong.com and get some more information. Um, Actually, just go to reliefoutings.com. R-E-L-E-A-F outings.com. I'll put that in the show notes as well. And yeah, I'm going to hit a little tunes here and then I'm going to get back into answering some Q&As that I've gotten through responses of all of you magical uh, creative maniacs. Um, All of the creative maniacs in your pure circle have been reaching out and I just want to answer some of these questions so I can show some relatability between all of us. (laughs) And I think it's really helpful to share um, some of the stuff that we're all thinking in our minds universally. So let's hit some tunes and then we'll do it, baby.
All right, all right, all right, all right. So I got, um, this is an interesting question. This came from Christine. What up, Christine? She said, so like a lot of people have been moving from working in an office to working at home and finding (laughs) that it can be a bit harder. Uh, So her question is, why is it harder to be productive at the day job when I work from home? So working a day job from home is, is more... Uh, it's more distracting than being you're not as productive as when you're at the office. So this is a, well, something that's engraved in us, but um, I went through this drastically when I started working for myself full time. Uh, there was about a two year period where I, I secretly worked on my creative projects when I was quote unquote, sort of supposed to be doing my day job. Uh, and this was, in an attempt to get away from my day job and, and work from home someday full time. Thank God I found that. Thank God I got there. Um, but when I was in it, it was, it's not like you can see how close it's going to be, or it's hard to, you can visualize it to an extent of what you want to create and then take action towards that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get there soon. Um, But when I finally did make the leap, I was surprised to face the gremlin that Christine is talking about right now. And this is the gremlin that I sort of call star because it's the fucking at home productivity gremlin. He comes in and he fucks you up and he's always waving shiny objects in my face to try to prevent me from from getting any work done. This is star the gremlin. He wants you to be not productive at home with your day job, but also has some good intention behind him because you find that there's other things that excite you more than doing your day job. And then therefore it might actually start to make you think that if it's possible, maybe you can create revenue or a life doing something that does truly light you up. But when you get to that point, hedonic adaptation kicks in and then you're doing all the stuff that you love and it can start to feel like work as well when it becomes repetitive. And I can tell you that from my experience of doing you know, podcasting and writing and sharing and interviews, like sometimes it does feel like a lot of work and it feels similar to the same type of work I did for a job, you know, somewhere else, working for someone else. It's not, but that's how hedonic adaptation can create an illusion. So what, to get to back to the question, why is it harder to be productive at the day job when I work from home? That could be a, a wide variety of things, but basically it comes down to where your excitement wants to go down the rabbit hole. I can give you some things that will help with that. So I've been trying to observe this for a while and and implement different approaches to keep my productivity high because nothing works well when we crash and burn. Um, And I've learned that the most effective process for me is basically eliminating all distractions. So removing the stuff that piques your curiosity and gives you the dopamine drips and makes you a little bit happy and makes you feel like you're getting a nice little break from your day job work. Like when you're working from home as a day job, I think the ideal thing to do is just to fucking get that work done and like as fast as possible and then not have to do this shit the rest of the day. And the best way to do it is to eliminate distractions. So no phone, no emails, no texts, no TV on in the background. I don't even own a TV. You know, I try to keep my phone off as much as possible throughout the day. And I don't engage with anything that isn't in alignment with my highest self that I'm trying to create. And then I commit to one action that will move me toward 
my highest self envision on top of that throughout the day. So if you can remove all distraction gremlins, even star that likes to shine all these other gremlins in your face, um, then you can on the, the, the back of that, do one thing that helps you move towards this level of excitement that you want. Once the work is done, then you, you win the day every single day and winning the days is, is winning the week and winning the week is winning the years and winning the years is winning life. And winning life is really just realizing that you're going to <laughs> realizing that it was one big journey of letting go until the greatest let go of all and being okay with that and being happy with what you were able to create and bring into the world. And whether that be in family and, and giving new life to others and cherishing those moments or in creating books or painting or arts that live long after you, you know, there's multiple ways to do this. Um, and then the other side of this is just referencing sort of the Christine, if you're referencing productivity toward a job that isn't your full passion or interest, as we were talking about earlier, as in, you know, working for someone else to making ends meet, um, you know, it's, it's a hard gremlin to defeat. I think the best thing to do is to just try to get that work done as soon as possible so that you have more time throughout the rest of your day to, to do things that really excite you. And I found that honoring and praying to that money hustle or that job every morning can really help. So bringing direct gratitude towards that function that is supporting you because these jobs that we're doing, whether they're from an office or home, um, you know, it's clearly supporting your life as you build out, you, you might build out passion projects and create elsewhere. You might do that until you no longer need to do it and you have enough money to sort of like, I don't know if the word is retire or play or whatever. Retirement's such a weird thing now. It's like, I would like for all of us to be able to create enough within every single day, whether that means doing a couple hard works of work, hard hours of work for somebody else and then creating, you know, making sure you're getting time to create after that. Um, or fully being able to create for yourself all day and bringing income in that way, that way as well, which is also awesome if you can get there. And I think you can, it just takes dedication and resilience and showing up and being okay with eating rice and beans and having no money, you know, because you will have those roller coasters constantly through, an entrepreneurial journey where you're trying to pursue your own passions and you don't have the, all the positive effects of a day job because that there are a shit ton of positive effects of having a day job, like getting paid and knowing that that paycheck is coming. So it's like bringing direct gratitude to that will really help. Um, being thankful for your money hustle because it does support you while you get to work towards doing other things that you love. Uh, so the faster that you can focus to get the job done, the more time you will get to play. And in that play, you'll feel way more relieved knowing that you have something that you do honor that you're doing to bring money in like your day job, but you can build out whatever you want in the future. So yeah, thank you for, for that question. It's a dense one, but eliminate distractions, focus in on how to get the day job work done as quick as possible, and then open up for more play and creativity after that it's that's where it's at all right so this one is from penny and penny said thank you for all that you share and do 
uh, you're amazing and I appreciate you. I, and I'm so proud of you. Well, thank you. Cause I, <laughs> it means it deeply means so much to me for you to say that. Um, Penny says, I'm trying to love myself, but I carry a lot of past trauma with me. The voice in my head tends to tell me awful things like I am hard to love or my partner is going to leave me. And it's deafening in some days and other days it's quiet. Any thoughts on letting all of that bad juju go? Blessings and love. Okay. This is always dark. It's always tough. And coming out of this like four month period where I probably experienced the darkest times of my life, no joke in ways that I can't even like articulate into words yet. Um, I do know some certain things. One is that, yeah, I have that voice inside my head. I think we all do. And at points in my life, I've been much better at ignoring it. And then sometimes I like actually start to fall victim to it and it's, it's bad. And sometimes recently, this has been really weird. I've been getting these really violent scenes in my head playing out. So I get really dark thoughts about my worthiness and, and the points of, of existing in life in itself and the reasoning of anything. And sometimes I see these just like archaic, chaotic, like scenes of death and destruction play out in front of my eyes with whatever scene is in front of me. And then I'm like, I snap out of it and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what did I just watch? Is this like a glitch? Is this what an alternate reality is, is happening right now? Is this like my fucked up head? Um, and the truth is we're picking up things collectively and it's making us feel certain ways. And, and like, I'm not, I don't know the answers to anything. Like the only thing I know is that I know nothing, but I have found some things that do help me in these situations. One of those things is, um, hold on, I have to adjust my thing again. One of those things is I like to witness myself having the thoughts and then I identify with the thoughts as external from me. And so I talked a little bit about this in my post last Monday for the heathen. It was called, you know, resistance gremlins. And you can check that out in the links below in the show notes as well, or at heatharmstrong.com, but, or the last podcast episode, actually, since you're listening, since you're a podcast listener. Um, so I witnessed myself having the thoughts and I identify them as external from me. And then the second part of that is I immediately reframe the thought I want in my head to be a positive version instead. So for example, if the thought that I'm having is I am such a piece of shit, you know, I hurt everyone around me. The world would be better if I wasn't here. Then I reframe that to for, first I separate it and I'm like, okay, this isn't my thought. It's not my thought. You know, I am happiness. I am light. I am creativity. I am earth. I am waterfalls. I am trees. Um, but then I reframe it to, you know, I am worthy. I am bright. I am full of light. I help others around me find their creative sparks in their path. The world needs me and all other loving and creative beings. You know, I am so happy to be surrounded by loving and creative beings that I allow myself to see and to be around and to choose because it really is a choice for us. A lot of times we cut ourselves off from that support system that is loving and light. And then we hold ourselves off in these dark dungeons of stress and, and hell and gremlins. And that's where we're really fucking vulnerable. So I always want my thought to end with a positive note. And so if I reframe the negative stuff to positive, and then I think about the negative shit right afterwards again, because that happens sometimes. 
you know, I'll do the positive and then all of a sudden my mind reverts back to like, no, it is this, you are, you're not worth shit. Like you shouldn't be alive. Um, I just keep repeating the process and visualizing happy things like parks in the springtime and birds and swimming in the oceans and smiling and laughing with friends. It's the fucking happy place from happy Gilmore, right? Visualizing what makes me feel fluffy and warm and comfortable and good and I do it over and over again until that negative thought is gone. And eventually my mind will trail to some other subject and it'll all be good. I'll smell some flowers on my desk, surround myself with stuff. My altar really helps having all of these sacred items that I can return to. And reach out to, to light workers in your life, family and friends and people that really truly care and that are creative and have conversations. And don't be afraid to talk about the kind of mindset that you're having. So Penny, thank you for sharing that and asking, uh, you know, I hope that me sharing my sort of angle on that can help in some way. And yeah, I've, I'll get to more of these questions in future episodes. I, I, I'm like humbled with how many connections have come through, um, the heathen newsletter and in this podcast. So thank you all. Keep them coming. And until next week, love you so much yeah and if you're in the tennessee georgia area come hit us up for the cabin uh, retreat in february i think it's towards the end of february so check the dates there reliefoutings.com r-e-l-e-a-f heatharmstrong.com for all of the articles and podcast links share this with someone that you love today and also go check out the sweet ass power affirmations podcast uh the one that i release released through rage create it's daily quick little 60 second meditations with a nice little breath work, um, thing afterwards affirmations, like the, the, the physical affirmation cards that I make at rage create called sweet ass affirmations. Um, they're in audio format with some gangster music behind it to pump you up. So go check that out as well. And yeah, much love to you. Peace. There's a place called space and it's got the magic There's a place called space and it's got the balls There's a place called space and it's got the passion There's a place called space where we can smash the walls There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity And the chatter of incompetence is slaughtered at birth In this place called space we'll build a factory of smiles That will assemble with our minds and sell to earth